you're listening to mom wife and boss life where we have unfiltered conversations i am your host yolanda villa hello today we have francesca whisper trademark and ip attorney she represents top businesses celebrities and brands as well as individuals. She covers various industries such as entertainment, retail, cosmetics, and much more. And we're glad to have you here, Francesca. Thank you so much, Yolanda. How are you doing today? Good. It was a little rough uh, night with my seven-month-old, but we're good. (laughs) I know. I saw. I saw pictures. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's, I have a, um, gosh, he's 16 months now. It feels like seven months yesterday <laughs> oh good yeah to me I feel like starting over from 14 8 to a seven month old I was like oh my gosh but we're good we're handling it it's fun <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got to be this industry and attorney and was it something that you've always wanted to do yeah you know I, I joke that it's kind of cliche if you ask lawyers why they got into law or what made them even want to be a lawyer as a kid uh-huh. it's Typically, that someone told them, oh, wow, you're a good arguer. You're a good debater. You should go to law school. You should be a lawyer. So my family always told me, um, just with my personality type, that I would probably make a good lawyer. And somewhere it planted the seed very young. So I ended up being interested in law. Worked at a nonprofit uh, service center for Hispanic workers through college. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to do, you know, legal advocacy from a nonprofit perspective or from the lawyer perspective, but I ended up going the lawyer route. And rather than working on some of those immigration issues, I ended up falling in love with intellectual property. And I saw it as a way to still help people and helping creatives protect protect their most important assets, their designs, their names. And so I really got involved with intellectual property, which is trademarks, copyrights, um, trade secrets, those types of things. And that's kind of how I I, I fell into what I'm doing today. I love that. What's one uh, aspect of your job that you love? I really like, I just got off a call with someone who, um, she's an author, she's an entrepreneur, and now she's creating this new venture as a as a coach and it's really exciting i get to work with creatives uh, and businesses entrepreneurs on that very uh deeper level so i'm not the type of lawyer where clients just come to me with problems or they tell me francesca you do this for me um because i don't see i i feel like that's just you know putting a band-aid on things i would rather really work uh collectively with the client and understand their business, get to know, ask the questions, understand their goals and help them from inception all the way through to the scaling process on what steps they need. So with this woman in particular, we were talking about the name of her method and how to protect her, her intellectual property and her courses, her programs. So that's the stuff that I love. I really love like being more of a partner with businesses and creatives Mm -hmm and helping to empower them to understand how to protect their assets using the law. Got it. You know, you say, you know, from start of a business, what is it one of some of the things that you suggest startups is small businesses do? Because sometimes, you know, we don't know, you know, when we're starting off and then like you say, all the legal stuff starts coming up later and you're like, yes. oh my gosh, I should have handled it from the get go. 
Yes, yes. Handle it from the get-go because if you, if honestly you actually budget for these things and you build it into your business, you're going to end up, you're going to end up saving so much money down the road. It is, it's so much easier and less expensive to actually get your filings on place and doing them the right way mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, as opposed to ending up in a legal nightmare where you get a demand letter and you get a cease and desist, whatever it is. And now you have to spend tens of thousands or more. It could cost you hundreds of thousands and more to defend a litigation or get involved with a conflict that could have been prevented with a simple trademark filing or a simple copyright filing or contract. So the things that I tell clients to do at the beginning uh, from an IP and contract perspective is one, check to see if the name that you want to use is available. You can do a quick Google search and look on USPTO.gov. That isn't sufficient though. You really need to work with a trademark lawyer. What I do with clients is I'll take their name and I'll plug it in and we will actually um, do what's called a trademark search. And so we'll check to see if the name is available, but not just on the USPTO.gov, I have special software where I put the name in and we'll look for not just identical marks, but marks that could be, you know, on the border in that gray area that could be Mm -hmm. potentially a problem. So it's really important to work with an IP lawyer for that. Then for copyrights, your methods, your images, your creative works, those things are protectable under a different regime of intellectual property called copyright to enforce your rights, to get people to stop using something of yours or to prevent it, you really need to have a registration. That's a very simple filing that you file with the copyright office. And then the third is a contract. Whatever it is, if you have clients, if you are hiring independent contractors, you have employees, you're entering into business with a partner, you really do need to have things in writing. Otherwise, without a piece of paper, you're going to have, if something goes wrong, it's really going to be a nightmare. And then you're going to spend way more money trying to put together what you thought the agreement was versus being very clear and very intentional at the beginning up front, setting out the expectations of both parties. It's really going to save everyone a lot of time and heartache from the beginning. Yeah, I've heard a lot of horror stories about that of, you know, you enter business with a family member or a friend and then it just... If it doesn't end up good, you know, the whole, you know, we said, she said in the beginning, you know, it never usually works out. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of a lot of it could have been a lot of those issues can be are preventable. Mm -hmm. So if you work with a lawyer, not downloading one of those templates, not not just pulling someone's contract that was from given from a friend or so and so from business, really working with a lawyer who's going to sit down with you. And I do this with clients. I, I create a, I create a, a, a questionnaire form for okay. each client. And I, I don't use a template. I think about what are the major risks of this particular person. And we go through a checklist. So I pull out of them, like, what's the worst case scenario? No one likes to think about the worst case right. scenario. <laughs> I think if you break up with a business partner or you, your deal goes bad. But I force them to kind of think about it And I say, Okay, what would happen in this case? How do you want them to use your names? How do you want um, the other person to use your intellectual property? And so we're very clear, very intentional. It's all laid out 
so that the, when the other person goes to read it, they know exactly. And if they're not happy with something, we can flesh out all of that now and get it in paper to avoid all those problems Love down the road. That. Yes, yes. That. And I think it's always needed to protect, you know, especially when starting a business or a brand, protect yourself because sometimes we think small. We think, you know, we're going to stay here. <laughs> it really is. And it's something that just, you know, at, at it's something that I've learned personally because I worked at, I worked in big law. I was at one of the world's biggest law firms. I worked for fortune 500 companies, you know, top celebrities and, and entrepreneurs as well. I've worked kind of on that scale from solo to fortune 500. And what I've realized is that everyone has to protect their intellectual property. It does not matter if you are a small local business with a little Instagram account, you are putting out intellectual property just by posting, by choosing names. You may not be sure that that name is available. It could be someone else's name. So there's a lot of legal risks, particularly with online businesses. So it does not matter what size you are. Um, If you are starting out, it's very important to, to work early with an intellectual property lawyer who's going to get you the right protections up front so that you could save all that money and heartache if something goes wrong down the road. I know that you mentioned your mom. How did last year, how were you able to work through that through the pandemic? Was that some, was that a hardship for you? Did it affect you or was your industry okay? You know, um, so I have an interesting story. My son uh, arrived two months early. And it's something that I don't think, you know, I read like a lot of the books and I don't, I don't think it's something that's really like focused on what happens if you have a premature birth. So I was still working in big law. I was still commuting three, still commuting three hours a day on a public bus going up and downstairs into Manhattan. You know, it was physically stressful. Um, Big law is also stressful. So that experience really put into perspective having my son early and being in the NICU for two months it in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah. so that was at the same time, you know, in April, 2020, um, it was the impetus for me to really take back control of my life and work smarter, not necessarily harder. So I found a firm that I could be a partner instead of an associate. So I could kind of build my own book of business, manage my own clients. Cause that's what I loved to do. And the firm I, I moved to is 100% remote. That has been, for me, that flexibility, flexibility with job title and the ability to, um, you know, work remotely has just given me the opportunity to really thrive both professionally and personally because I could be here with my son. My schedule was really, I would block time so I could be okay. with my son. I also had help. But um, now he's in daycare, which (laughs) we're figuring it out. He's getting used to it, which is kind of sad. But, you know, we're just making it work with 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 help, with family. But most importantly, a support system at work and uh, just the general work structure that allows me that flexibility to thrive both professionally and personally. Yeah. Now that you say um, he's adjusting to it, that's how I feel. I feel like. She's been with us this whole time. Like, how is it going to be once, you know, we do put her in daycare and, you know, how is that going to... We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) My first time I went to daycare, she was was fine. Uh, My daughter, she, at that time, once I had her, 
we were already business owners so she was with me constantly and we had family care so she was fine but this one we're a little <laughs> we're a little scared <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's all different too. And it's, I'm sure you're seeing a difference from when you were raising your, your, um, your other children versus now, I just feel like everything's so different. They have tablets, like all of my son's phone uh, games and toys. They're like electronics. I'm like, is this really like playing with a fake cell phone? Yeah. weird yeah it does exactly everything everything went tech even for you know the care and I was like what is this <laughs> we bought him like a little rotary phone you know like Fisher Price and like he probably he's never he never even know what this is <laughs> you said you know you found a company that you know works for you which is great yeah Did, does that give you a view with um, your clients like a different perspective and being, I can answer that question in a variety of ways so uh-huh. you, can can you can you just clarify what yeah, you want and being, me to- and being and being a mom regarding your job and like your client you know your clients do you have a different perspective in what they do and do you see you know do you handle their schedules differently for my clients yes hmm um you know or does so that even come up <laughs> no I know it's it's a good question I I don't think so. I guess for my schedule, my schedule is a little bit, I, I don't take calls after five o'clock. I really am really good at that. I work after five o'clock, but um, five o'clock, I don't take any calls. We eat, we eat dinner as a family. I like to cook. So I take a break from like five until seven when my son goes to sleep and then I'll log back on and catch up on emails or do the work that I need to do. But I'm really good at, you know, carving out, I carve out morning time with my son, nine, 9.30, I'm on, I'm on the computer. I'll take calls all day, but five o'clock, I really have set um, those boundaries and it's not, an, it's really not an issue. I think a lot of people think like, oh, I need to be on all the time, but that's how you burn out. And that's how um, you just, you just can't, you really have to take care of yourself. And so if a client says to me, this is urgent, like we have to get on, like, I'll, we'll figure it out. I'll take a call right. after. But for the most part, setting those boundaries and setting those rules and then having some exceptions to them has just really been very well have has worked very well for us and I asked that question because I've had different responses when I have guests in the show okay um, and that's why I was asking you because some people say you know they're still at that stage where they still don't know how to tell clients you know hey the, the boundaries are there but like you say there is burnout and so I feel the way you say it once you set up those clear boundaries most time clients will respect it Yeah. And if they say, so I use a really good tip for anyone, um, use Calendly or Acuity. Mm -hmm. So I just switched over to Acuity. It's the same thing as Calendly and I'll give clients a link and I set particular days and times where I take calls. And for the most part, they'll make it work within there. And, And I'm not in an industry where things are that urgent. I don't, I don't really litigate. So it's okay. But every once in a while, they'll say, you know, the times you sent me don't work. Can you can you do this day? And I'm I'm like, yeah, totally. But by having those uh, initial boundaries up front, you know, I don't have to say, oh, I have a hard time at five to eat dinner with my family, you know, like and I love and I love my family. I'm very family focused, but 
I've set up the system so that it doesn't need to even be a conversation at times. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, (laughs) Because a lot of times, like like I was saying, they don't know how to set it up. So how did you get there? Were you always like this? Is that something that you said? (laughs) I burned out. I was very, you know, prior to this year, I was working I worked for someone else. I worked for other lawyers. I was just an associate. And so for those of you that don't know much about the legal industry, when you work at a law firm, you start out typically as an associate, which means you work under a partner. So you basically do all the work, you know, you service their clients. And then in big law, which is a little bit more competitive, it really is kind of that, that, that culture that you just grind it out. It's like in the investment banking culture, you're just, you're expected to put in the hours. Um, You get paid well, so it does, so shut your mouth and do your work. (laughs) I got to the point where I was just saying yes to everything because I thought that was what I was told. You know, we're, we're told, Yolanda, we're told to, to follow instructions and do what we're told to get ahead since day one in, in school as young kids. So once you realize that working harder may not necessarily um, equate to living a good lifestyle and being healthy and being happy, that to me was like a huge mental shift. Like, wow, I'm just, I'm yesing everyone and I'm running myself into the ground. When I started at this firm where I basically, you know, run my own little business within the firm, I was very intentional on which days I'm going to do social media, on which days I'm going to take client calls. And that has worked very well for me. And I've now got have a system down mm-hmm. where I let my acuity really manage my schedule. So if someone has a particular need, they want to have a connecting call or if they want to have a like I have a client call. I send them the link and it designates the exact times where I am available. And so that for me, just taking back control of my time has been huge. I struggled with that too. So that's why I was like, yes, because I think it takes a lot of time to get to that point. And like you Mm -hmm. say, like me personally, I'm yes, yes, yes. And I feel like I, I, at one point, I feel like I need to do everything myself if I wanted to get it done right. And then, but every, every couple of months I would burn out. It took a couple of days to recover. Then I would keep going and keep going. And I think the last two years, I felt the the need to step back. Now I schedule time for myself. Yes. Like this is my time and this is what I need to do. And, and, you know, it's obviously it's a non-negotiable. Same thing. It's taking time to get there to see like my kids, my husband, and then and then me because I used to put the, everybody else first, and then I was tired, and it was just an ongoing thing. Yeah, I think I think unfortunately a lot of women do that. We're just taught at a very early age, like to to please and to do what we're told, and so you then get in situations where you're in your thirties and in your forties and fifties plus. You look back and you're like what just happened to my life? Like, what was I doing with my time? And why was I saying yes to everything? And why am I hanging out with these people that don't make me happy? So I love saying no. Mm -hmm. I've said, I said no this summer um, because I was just, I I honestly got burnout again, Yolanda, from social media. So it wasn't work burnout. It was then the social media burnout, like the clubhouse. I was on clubhouse every day and just, 
you know, it got got to be too much. And I said, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to cut out the noise and I'm just going to pull away from social media for a little bit. Guess what? (laughs) I still get clients. People still get follow me. You know, you don't have to be going a hundred miles per hour to really be investing in your business and yourself. And so instead, what I've been focusing on is looking inward and seeing where do I want my business to go for the fall. And I've done a lot of planning. I'm building out my website. I am focusing on strategic partnerships. And I think a lot of the the language and the rhetoric that we're hearing now on Clubhouse is all about growth and scaling and funnels. And that stuff is great, but it's not perfect for everyone, especially Mm -hmm. if you are in an industry where you can't service hundreds of thousands of clients. So why are you trying to target them all? Being very intentional, knowing who your client is, is huge. And once I kind of did that this summer, I pulled back a little bit, looked inward, and I have a list of people. I'm like, these are the people I want to work with. I'm going to build relationships with them. And I've already, some of them I didn't know before. Now, the past three months, I've built real relationships from them just by being intentional. So that's like a little tip I would tell people if, you know, rather than focus on like this this, um, you know, the the mass people that are out there, yeah. the, the faceless people, focus on the people who are in front of you. And if you see people in your industry who you really want to work with, maybe don't focus on getting hundreds of thousands of people and followers. Like, just be very intentional and focus on relationships. That's a, that's a great tip. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you being a mom and your business. Do you also schedule time for yourself? And how do you do that? Do you have date night? Do you also have time for yourself? How does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, so I my, my morning time is like, I, I love, uh, I love exercising. I love all kinds of exercising. I was a big runner. I'm not I'm not running so much now. I've started walking. So I walk with my son in the morning, we go on like an hour, an hour and a half long walk around our neighborhood. And just like being outside, I do not check emails in the morning that, and that was such a hard habit for me to break Mm -hmm. because, you know, the first thing you do in your morning is you look over, you look at the clock and unfortunately the clock is also on your phone. So then you go to to your email. And if you just get bombarded at 7am, whatever, 6am in the morning when you wake up, it automatically sets your day for stress and anxiety and things that you should be doing. So instead of that, I just get up, I get changed, we go outside and um, I don't even listen to anything anymore. I just use it as like brainstorming time (laughs) and like dreaming time, which I think is fun. And then I start work and I'm energized for the day. So that's, that's it. I'm very intentional about building and breaks. So in the morning I work out, five o'clock, I'm off until my son goes to sleep. And then weekends, I do not do any, um, I don't do any work. I do not do any legal work. That's not to say that if I need to do something, I won't do it. I will. But prior to this year, I used to work six or seven days a week. No days off. No days off. Uh Sometimes, some weeks there were none. And it crippled me. It really mm-hmm. did. I was was not happy. You know, I was stressed out all the time. And I was pushing away friends and family who were, you know, enjoying their lives. Yeah. So I've just become 
hyper, you know, efficient and organized in my business. I don't online shop while I work, you know, I really, Mm -hmm. when I'm working, I'm working so that I get to enjoy my weekends and those breaks I plan for the day during the week. That's one thing that I started doing um, when you said, you know, you don't check your emails and stuff like that. I took off certain email accounts and like Facebook from my phone. And I'm like, if I need to check on something, I will go on my laptop and get it done. But in the morning, it's just for me. Because if not, I felt that one email could trigger me into chaos right away. Like I couldn't focus on the kids or me because I was just thinking about that email. So that you say that it's like definitely, I think to me too, my mornings are very intentional. I I used to listen to audiobooks, but I noticed it would keep me in that mindset of go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, no, if I, you know, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to sit down and read it and enjoy it. Cause now I'm, I'm you know, I don't have my quiet time. <laughs> I just finished the whole Bridgerton series in uh-huh like two weeks so there's eight books did you see the Netflix show yes I did (laughs) okay you need to read the books if you love books but um I like with with my social media burnout I literally got to the point where I was like I couldn't even I'm like I can't look at my phone I can't look at my screen it was just very overwhelming and I I felt like it was like all just noise and so I didn't even want to watch Netflix I'm like I just I don't want to look at a screen and I love reading but I do audible. Like you said, I do audiobooks. Um, but something this month was like, I need to just like chill, not look at a screen. And I started like physically reading books again, which I encourage anyone, I think, who's like going through that, like you're getting overwhelmed with work or, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses online, just get like a, not a corny, I don't know how to describe the Bridgerton series. They're like a good, like, escapist book yeah. and just shut your mind off. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and I, we're the same. I used to love reading books. Like, I had the time, you know, with three kids, it's a little, you know, tougher. But I used to love reading books, some romantic books and things like that. Like you said, not corny, but, you know, those kind of books. And I had reads. And all my audiobooks were, you know, business and all this stuff. And so then I was like, you know what? I, I miss that. I miss reading, you know, listening to, you know, I didn't even listen to them reading them. So that's why I went back to just, you know, physical book. I don't want to be on my phone because then I get distracted. And, you know, it actually worked for me. So that is, you know, one of the good tips that you say. I love that. Yeah. I think for anyone who is just, you know, like, oh, I don't have the time to read. Yes, you do. Check your phone and see how much time you spend on social media. Okay. Mm -hmm. Literally our phones tell us like most people spend, I've seen people's phones that say like, (laughs) I spend like five hours on my phone or whatever. Like you're spending hours on your phone every day. So just put your phone away. Even if it's like by bedtime, read, read a couple chapters in your book, put it by your bedside or put it um, in your, in your den instead of watching TV after you eat dinner open the book and make the time. Yeah. I even did that with the kids because of the, you know, the whole zoom, you know, online school last year, I felt they're on the screen the whole time. They're, they're doing school online and then they're, you know, they're, they're relaxed. I was watching TV. Yeah. So I was it's, like, it's screen to screen. It's- and it, it would panic me so much. And I was like, Oh my gosh, park going outside. And then I was like, okay, everybody, you know, you do this, you paint, you color, you read. And this is what, while you're doing that, I'm going to start reading too. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So where can uh, our audience find you online? 
your social, do you have social media or your website? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really active on Instagram. Okay. I still post. Um, I just haven't been posting as much, but you'll still get some really good content <laughs> on there. High quality content. I am at the trademark attorney on Instagram. Go ahead. I was going to say, and if anyone has like legal questions or if you want to connect, there's a link in my bio that you can click on and set up a call. It was great talking to you. Um, And definitely, um, if anybody has any questions, go ahead and follow her on Instagram and send her a message. I think everything that you said, we don't think about whether, you know, you're a content creator or a small business. Um, I, I see now it being beneficial to a trademark lawyer or any contract lawyer is really needed from the get-go. Yes, yes. (laughs) Invest some money up front in your legal defense so that you can focus on your sales and your marketing and and profit and excel offensively. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mom, Wife, and Boss Life podcast. You can continue the conversation online by searching Mom, Wife, and Boss Life on social media or visiting our website at momwifeandbosslife.com. Thank you.